Hello, and welcome to the State of Working America podcast. I'm your host, Nick Kozlarich at the Economic Policy Institute, which is a nonpartisan think tank focused on ensuring workers' voices are heard in the economic policy debate. Today, we're talking about wages during a time of high inflation. In the past two years, workers have felt the pain of rising prices across the economy, and the conventional wisdom has been that workers' wages haven't kept up. But surprising new research from EPI finds that the country's lowest paid workers have seen historic wage growth over the past three years, even after accounting for inflation. In fact, real wages for workers in the bottom 10% of the wage distribution grew 9% between 2019 and 2022. This was more than three times as fast as wage growth for middle-income workers during that same time period. With us to discuss what's behind this pay increase for low-wage workers is EPI senior economist Elise Gould, who spearheaded this research. Elise, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. So just to start off with, to give some context, between 2019 and 2022, we saw huge job losses during the COVID-19 driven recession, and then historically fast job growth in the economic recovery. Why during this period specifically have the lowest paid workers seen historic wage growth and how does it compare to previous recessions and its aftermath? Well, I think what's key to remember is that what happened for low-wage workers didn't happen just by chance. It was largely the result of intentional policy decision. Policymakers made huge policy investments in the pandemic in those initial months and continued for over a year. Investments such as reforming unemployment insurance, enhancing those benefits and making more workers eligible when many low-wage workers would not have been eligible before. They provided economic impact payments, which helped workers and their families pay for their bills when they lost their job and helped to stimulate the recovery when it became safe to do so. So that valuable safety net during job loss made workers less desperate. So they didn't have to take the first job that came along. Also, those job losses, again, were disproportionately among low-wage workers. Think about those leisure and hospitality workers, those are the ones that lost their jobs um, to the largest extent in those first few months of the pandemic. When they lost their job and they were coming back in, again, they weren't as desperate, but also those mass job losses meant that workers were going to set new contracts with employees. It reduced the frictions for them to look for work. So what that meant was that it was easier for them to see other options, they were employers were busy scrambling to find workers, and that gave workers the ability to secure higher wages and better wage growth. And even after these historic increases that, that you've noted, and, and for those reasons, low wage workers who are disproportionately women and black and Hispanic are still paid inadequate wages. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So it's fantastic that low wage workers saw this strong wage growth over the last three years. But unfortunately, the wages that they have are still incredibly low. So that wage, average wage for low-wage workers, that 10th percentile wage is about $12.50 in the latest data. So yes, again, a 9% increase from 2019, but it's far from sufficient to make ends meet. So even if that 10th percentile worker, let's say, worked full-time, their annual pay would be only around $26,000. And according to EPI's Family Budget Calculator, that's just not enough to attain a modest yet adequate standard of living, a basic family budget for just one person in any county or metro area in the U.S. And if we take this from the data that you had towards the end of 22 up till now, we've seen the Fed continue to raise interest rates to slow down the economy and wage growth. Um, in an attempt to, to lower inflation. And given this, will this 
level of wage growth for low wage workers last? No, unfortunately, no. Their their job gains and their wage gains um, would go to the wayside. I think even a mild recession, which some people are talking about, would be highly regressive. That hits the most vulnerable and historically disadvantaged groups the hardest. So even a one percentage point increase, let's say, in the overall unemployment rate, that means that for young workers, for Black and Hispanic workers, for these low-wage workers, they see a much higher rise in their unemployment rate. So not only are they more likely to lose their jobs, but they won't have that kind of leverage that their scarcity right now is delivering in terms of these higher wages. And so they won't be able to secure higher wages, and they're also more likely to lose their jobs. So, so what should policymakers do now to ensure that the gains that low-wage workers have seen are long-lasting and so that they receive an adequate wage? So again, it's great that low-wage workers saw this unprecedented and strong wage growth over the last three years, but policymakers need to lock in these gains. They can lock them in with higher minimum wages. They need to make it easier for workers to unionize so they can lock in that kind of leverage and better contracts in the future. They also need to enforce the laws already on the books, such as reducing wage theft and discrimination. And they need to prioritize full employment so that low-wage workers can find work and have the relative scarcity to secure higher wages and better benefits in the long run. Elise, thank you again uh, for talking with us today. Thank you. And for more information on the state of the economy for low-wage workers, visit us at epi.org or follow us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the State of Working America podcast.